You're listening to Past and Present, the Colonial Williamsburg podcast. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Harmony Hunter. We spend a lot of time celebrating the American Revolution, but in truth, it's a war we had no business winning. With barely a government and no standing army, the colonies really didn't stand a chance against Great Britain. What if the British had won? There's a whole genre of fiction devoted to the question, and director of publications Paul Aaron has spent some time reading it. Paul's my guest today. Thank you for being here today, Paul. Thank you for having me. Well, we're so glad you could stop by to talk to us about this genre of fiction called alternate history. So we're talking about a sort of species of fiction that talks about um, if history had turned out differently. And you found a little pocket of it that talked about the American Revolution. What if the British had won? Which probably, you know, everybody would have bet on that to begin with. You're you're absolutely right. Um, It was as improbable a victory as one one could, could imagine. I mean, this was an undermanned, under, underarmed, underfed army was often at the brink of defeat, and it seemed like again and again, luck saved the day. Uh, David McCullough, uh, the historian, wrote an essay once called uh, What the Fog Wrought, and uh, it talked about Washington's escape in 1776 across the East River after being defeated by the British and just barely escaping because of a dense fog that allowed the army to escape. And McCullough basically said, had that not happened, the army would have been lost, the revolution would have been lost. And I mean, again and again, you, you, you saw how it, it just, it seemed like luck intervened on, on behalf of the American cause. Um, Robert Sobel wrote a whole novel it's called For One of a Nail, that grew out of uh, a British win at Saratoga. Uh, This is often considered the turning point in the revolution, and it doesn't turn. The French French back away from supporting us after we lose at Saratoga. Uh, You know, what if Washington had decided not to cross the the icy Delaware? What if if the storm hadn't thwarted Cornwallis's escape from Yorktown? Um, Again and again, you can see how history turns on a small point how the revolution could easily have been lost. There's, e- there's even a smaller genre of stories on how the revolution could have not happened at all. I mean, the easiest way for the, for the British to have won would have been not to have fought at all. And uh, there, there, there are a few stories I remember. One, these are just short stories, but in one case, the uh, the British satisfied the Americans by giving the colonies seats in Parliament. I mean, the, there's no, the, the cry of no taxation without representation doesn't have much meaning if, in fact, you get representation. There's another where, after the uh, Boston Tea Party, Franklin, who was, after, you have to remember, it's not just Franklin, except for the most ardent revolutionaries, for the most ardent, even, even the most ardent patriots were, uh, not so long before the Declaration, working toward how can we reconcile with Britain? How can we, how can we have our rights as British citizens? Not how can we be independent, an independent country? Frank Franklin, in in one story, satisfies the British after the Boston Tea Party. He just pays the British for the tea, and we live happily ever after as part of the British Empire. There's another where um, Thomas Paine falls in love. 
um, and therefore doesn't meet Franklin and doesn't come to America. And it, it, it's, but you're absolutely right. I mean, hi history to us in retrospect seems inevitable, but to them, and, and in retrospect even now, it almost seemed, would, seemed like it should have been inevitable that the British would have won. Not it the really, Americans. It really gives you pause to think about how, you know, there but for the fog, if there had been a seat in Parliament offered, uh, so, many, um, so many things might be different. We might still be British citizens. We should mention that this is fiction, and so all of this is sort of supposition. So, I mean, who's to say that if there was no revolution that the British government would have continued on the same course that, that history sees right. today. But if we assume that uh, British law followed the same course that, that it does in the history we know today, there are some populations of, uh, some groups of the population that would be better off if we were still British citizens. Absolutely. There, there are stories that illustrate just that point, how the world would have been better. In Indians, uh, in most of these stories, come out a lot better. Um, Harry Turtledove and Richard Dreyfus wrote a novel, and I should mention in passing, that is probably the only novel written by both a Hugo Award winner and an Oscar winner. Um, but Turtledove and Dreyfus wrote a novel, it was called The Two Georges, referring to Washington and King George. Uh, and. Uh, in, in this novel, Washington bows before, before King George. But the point you're making is, is, is certainly seen there. Uh, we're, we're, the novel takes place in, in a 20th century, North, late 20th century North America, uh, and there are some independent Indian nations fully intact um, in the 20th century. And in, this isn't in this just world. an act of imagination. There's actually, you know, it has a basis in, in truth that, that some of the policies towards Native uh, Americans yes. by the, of the British were different we're, than the ones we're the very, Americans We're did. very different. And, and in fact, some of them were what drove the Americans toward the revolution, though we don't like to see it that way. And, and, and African Americans too. I mean, the British Empire abolished slavery during the 1830s. Um, there, there are certainly novels and stories in which, in, in most of these uh, alternative histories, both Indians and blacks are better off. In, in quite a few of them, the whole world is, is better off. Some of these um, things that we're imagining now, uh, people in society whose lot would have been better, it sounds almost like, you know, maybe the revolution wasn't such a great thing. But one area where I think the revolution is definitely gives us a benefit is in um, sort of equalizing our social standing, the democracy of class that happens. So something that we might have retained under British rule was a real so social distinction that might have kept certain geniuses from ascending. But yes. what the revolution well, e does... Even, even, in, even in, in the Two Georges, which, which is basically um, a, a world that seems better off, class distinctions matter. There, there is a character whose name is Richard Nixon, and he's a, he's a used car salesman. He's very successful. Um, but this is a world, he was born poor, as we know, and this is a world where class distinctions still matter. So Nixon, Nixon could get very rich, but he certainly couldn't become president in, in, a, in a world where class distinctions still matter. The Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Founders' ideas and documents, um, obviously there were flaws, obviously in, the founder, in what the Founders did, obviously there, there were 
the promise of the Declaration of Independence was not fulfilled in 1776 for Indians or for blacks or for women or for that matter for any number of other groups, but that promise, that inspiration, um, certainly was a factor in changing the world, at least I believe was a factor in changing the world for the better. One should not draw from what are, after all, fantasy novels, science fiction novels, any definitive conclusions about the, the, the meaning of our revolution, but it is fun to speculate. It certainly is fun to speculate, and you've pointed out that it's fantasy. But I think it's important to remember the, the point that these novels make, or, or the, the, the point that gets brought to light, is that a very small action, something insignificant, the weather, somebody you bump into at a coffee house, can change the course of history. And I think that's really so important to remember as we think about the mission of Colonial Williamsburg for active citizenship, mm -hmm. that every day, when you leave the house, as Dr. Bill White has said, you're making history. Every time you walk out the door today, it doesn't seem important, it doesn't seem momentous, but everything you do every day is history. And it's, that's why it's so important um, to, to, to be a citizen, to be an active citizen. Yes, and, and I think historians who, who have in the past sort of held alternate history, or as they prefer to call it, counterfactuals, somewhat in disdain are coming to appreciate more the role of contingency, how little things can, can, can change the world. Uh, Robert Sobel's novel, which I think I mentioned, is called For Want of a Nail, and it, it turns, it has Gates hesitating at Saratoga and British reinforcements arriving. Um, but even the title uh, of that novel makes clear how little, the point is how, how small things can change the world in big ways. Um, it, the title refers to, for one of a nail, refers to Richard III's unhorsing, which this, this is the same scene where Shakespeare has Richard say, my kingdom for a horse. Um, and the, the, the phrase for one of a nail comes from a 17th century poem that's generally, generally attributed, we're not sure, but to George Herbert, and it, it, it goes, for one of a nail, the shoe is lost, for one of a shoe, the horse is lost, for one of a horse, the rider is lost, for one of a battle, the war is lost, for want of the war, the nation is lost, all for the one of a horseshoe nail. Um, and you can look at this two ways. You can say perhaps this means we can't predict how our actions will change the world, so why bother? But I hope that we have the opposite response, that, that it inspires us to do what we can as citizens, because you never know what small action you take can lead to big changes. Paul, thank you so much for being our guest today. This has been a fun topic and a really thought-provoking one. We really appreciate you coming by today. I thank you. We're always glad to hear from you. Send comments or suggestions from our webpage at podcast.history.org or find us on Facebook. To support the podcast and other Colonial Williamsburg programs, visit history.org slash donate.